When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. I got a big old cup of coffee. Elijah can confirm it is coffee. That is it. But Husker fans, pour yourself a drink today if you're of age. Alex is shadowing me. He's the pride of Lincoln Southeast, so it is apple juice or Pepsi still at the Southeast uh, Gymnasium? That they're still rocking. I think it's Pepsi. Pepsi Mountain Dew. Yeah. Right. I mean, soda. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I, I always went for the Gatorade. You were a Gatorade guy. Yes. Were yeah. you the? To me, you looked like more the the fruit punch Gatorade or the orange. I love fruit punch, but my number one's got to be the the blue, the Glacier Freeze. Ah, yes. Probably goes Glacier Freeze one, and then fruit punch two, and then lemon lime three. None of those three are rumored to have a contract offered <laughs> by Trev Alberts today. Great transition. Not any of the Gatorade flavors. So it's been it's been a red alert today. Elijah Herbal, follow him on Twitter at Herbal Essence. The 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 black fume of smoke went out from the Herbal household. No coaching announcement today. You made that call at twelve thirty. Oh yeah. Well, it just the, the timing of today. Whenever you think, hey, fellas, go out and hang with Minnesota, but we're not going to name the interim the head coach today. It's uh it's one of those situations where I go there is enough smoke today that I do think there's some fire of something going on there's behind the scenes. Too much smoke for Snoop today, man. I like that one. Man, you you that coffee's that's it's revitalizing. It you're is. bringing it today. But what I'll say there's a little, little Bailey's, I'm kidding. No. My my read is there is definitely Something going on behind the scenes with Nebraska today because where there is smoke with Nebraska, there usually is fire, but the fire is not the fact that there is, was going to be a coaching announcement today. There's not going to be a coaching announcement tomorrow. I would venture to say there's not going to be a coaching announcement within the next two weeks. It doesn't make much sense for you to announce it right now. If you, you can get things signed on the dotted line and then keep it hush-hush. That makes mm-hmm. sense right now, but I don't think you do this with four weeks left to go in the season if your guy is not Mickey. Exactly. And listen, let's dive into it. And uh, we'll check in with Gary Barnett in an hour. We'll talk to Searles. Brandon Vogel will be with us in the stream yard. We'll talk to Vogues uh, from Hale Varsity to get his take on things. But this timeline, this decision, I mean, it's been so quiet, right? You had Suitsy's tweet last night of, of Trev working the phone at the volleyball game, just super intense. And what what happens today? There, there's been talk about the border regions, right? The border regions control the money, and nothing's listed for the board of regents meeting today. You, to, to to have a board of regents meeting, there's 24 hour window. There's a normal schedule for them, and since Nebraska is a public university, that 
that is not allowed to be under lock and key. But what, what you can have, what you can do, is you can have a, a committee meeting. You can have an executive committee, committee meeting. And the, the public doesn't need to know about that. And listen, there's no official action if there is a committee meeting today. I sound like I'm in an animal house. An executive committee meeting. The, the, you can just talk about what you would do moving forward. And you can talk about lots of different things. You can talk about an extension if you're the athletic director. Director, You can talk about an extension if you're the president of the university. Because if you're trying to go pluck a coach, why would a coach like Dave Aranda leave Baylor, who just locked up their AD and president long term? Let's just walk down that line. Coaches kind of crave stability in an unstable world. So if, if you're Nebraska here, you're just going to talk some things out. Uh, you may say, here's the numbers it would take financially. Here's the number of years we'd need to commit to. Those things can happen, say, over Zoom. But but right now, Nebraska and Husker fans are, are so wondering. And, and you've got two sides of the fence. You've got Nebraska fan that is wanting the candidate to be from the outside, as in someone that has a proven head coaching track record, or you have the Nebraska fan base and a lot of former players and this current team that love Mickey Joseph. Do you risk that? You had the Arizona State news earlier this week. You don't want to lose a guy like Mickey. Uh, It's a big ask for him to not go take another gig, especially if it's a head job that he's offered to just stay in Lincoln, to be an associate head coach if he doesn't get the job. So that's something you got to wrestle with eventually. And it felt like from a Twitter cesspool standpoint that, well, there's an announcement today. It's going to be Mickey. No, it's not going to be Mickey. Listen, uh, the, the name that's, that's out there, who's, who's available? Who's on the beach right now? It's Matt Rule. We talked about Matt Rule three weeks ago quite a bit, and that was – that wasn't even lukewarm. At least the, the, the vocal response to that, the emails were like, yeah, I'm not a rule guy. You're not, not a rule guy. And, you know, I, I think he's a good football coach. I think when we talk about Trev's vision, it's about development. It's about lines of scrimmage. It's about doing what Nebraska could not or would not do last weekend in the second half against Illinois with a backup quarterback that potentially you're going to be in the same situation this Saturday, underdog by 16 points. Can you go run the football and, and, and be physical and, and do some smash mouth uh, tribute Husker football offense? You're going to need to figure that out. And, and maybe Casey will hear from Mickey in a little bit and, and his prognosis of playing. Casey's going to sell, 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 man. Sell to get in the ball game on Saturday and, if you're a Nebraska fan, I, you know you you want him there because he is your option. He's your best option to win and be in the ball game Saturday. Uh, if he can't go or is held out, it is it is up to Purdy. It is up to Smothers, and you gotta you gotta manufacture something uh, offensively, uh, preferably in the run game. So you're not relying on a inexperienced quarterback to throw the football, even if he's had a week of practice, or a run first quarterback to throw the football you got to figure out how to run and, and be successful at it. So 
listen, Nebraska is is an interesting place. Love this state. Grew up here my whole life. And you've been through too many of these uh, as a fan base uh, when it comes to coaching searches and hot rumors and whose cable's being installed. Is Spurrier in town? Where's Herb? I mean, go down the list. And we played this game, this merry-go-round, this carousel for a long time. And it, it got wildfire-esque today with rumors, message boards, Twitter. And right now, what you know is Mickey Joseph's your interim coach. Mickey Joseph had his presser today. Kids look ready. They feel ready. And they're going to put their best foot forward to try and get a win, get closer to bowl eligibility. But there's a, there's a, there's a better than good chance Mickey Joseph's not your head coach. And that's something that is, is reality. And if, if not Mickey, then who? Well, uh, the guy that is available to talk to and talk numbers with because he's out of coaching is Matt Rule. Otherwise, there's a slew of guys that are out there that it, it's some of the same names that we've gone over. But Matt Rule is is somebody that, that could absolutely work. And it's up to you as a Nebraska fan base to say, yeah, I can take Rule over Mickey because that may be something that that is uh, also a reality here in the next few weeks well let's get back to something that I, I talked about briefly leading off the show that was the timing of this and why i think the name of matt rule keeps on coming up is the timing doesn't make sense if there is actually some fire going on behind the scenes with this smoke we're hearing the timing doesn't make sense for it to be a guy who is currently in a week of game prep on a thursday you're wrapping up your final preparations getting ready to fly out and and go play a football game on saturday you're not burdening mickey joseph with that and on top of that you would be waiting as Trev Alberts. You'd be waiting for a time when Mickey Joseph gets a win, something to get the fan base a little bit fired up to go out and announce this. You, you want something you can sell to the fan base, despite the fact that Trev said he don't, doesn't care about winning the press conference. If Mickey is the guy, you're waiting for him to, to get a moment where the fan base rallies behind him and you can go, okay, let's announce this and let's get the fan base fired up. That's what you're waiting for. On uh, Thursday, before you play Minnesota as a 16-point underdog, after you already lost at home to Illinois, timing doesn't quite make sense there. And then, as you mentioned, guys that currently have jobs right now, again, the timing doesn't quite make sense. They're gearing their team up for a, another game that's going on down on Saturday. And you wouldn't be burdening them, and I, I doubt they'd even pick up your phone call on a Thursday of game week if they're trying to prepare their team. They're not going to be discussing about the, the dollars and cents of a potential another job right now. Uh, today is just not the day for that. So it leads you to a guy who doesn't have a job right now and who is free to discuss things, mm-hmm. which is – Pretty much just Matt Rule. That's, that's the popular name. I've been informed, and I don't know if he is at the Hale Varsity Roadshow site of the Mary Cobbler, but apparently Matt Rule is in Ireland right now. He's been reached out to, and it ain't him either. <laughs> well, that could make sense with the early morning news dump. Maybe they're they're factoring in the time change. Well, if he's in Ireland, he better either be kicking it on the West Coast, gorgeous land, or in Dublin. He better go see Cranach's buddy, our buddy Ted, who hosted us over there in Ireland. He better be at the Mary Cobbler having a pint. Also, to add to this, if Matt Rule is in Ireland, there's a very real chance you're just talking to his representation at this point in the stage. Or maybe you're not even talking to him. Maybe you've already finished up your conversations with him, and now he's going to enjoy it. Here's how that went. Yeah, Matt, uh, so-and-so from so-and-so. Are you uh, locked in with, uh, with Nebraska? Dude, I'm at the cobbler having the best Guinness in the world. <laughs> no. Leave me alone. Matt, did you, did you bring the sticks? 
can't confirm or deny. You're not going to rent your golf clubs over there. Hooksy did. Did he? Yeah. Well, Hooksy can hit anything. He's muddy with golf. Some of us are not. So, apparently, rules off the board. God love him if he's in Ireland at the Mary Cobbler. So, there you go. If if he, if he was inter- interested in Nebraska, the, the mesh and the match, uh, we talked about it three weeks ago, Paul Meyerberg, and, and why he would have been or could have been a fit for Nebraska. Yeah, the off-the-field stuff at Baylor has no analog. So that, more than anything, was what he had to clean up at Baylor and what he did there um, in terms of getting that program back on the straight and narrow and, and also representing that program in a state where everybody's trying to toss dirt on you if you're an FBS rival was extraordinary. Um, but just from the pure X's and O's and personnel, there, there are similarities in terms of what he needs to do to rebuild uh, Nebraska's pipeline of the offensive line to rebuild a sense of toughness and physicality that's been missing from the program for about a decade. Those are things that I believe he's really equipped to improve right away. And more so than that, I, I just feel like his ability to connect with people, to connect with players, um, may not have suited him well on the NFL level, where it's a very different environment, a different day-to-day work grind, a different um, sort of conversation that you have daily with players compared to college players. But I do think that what he does really well is build that rapport and build that sort of continuity of intent, continuity of purpose. Um, In Texas, for example, I can tell you three or four years later, if you polled 300 Texas high school coaches today and asked them who their favorite coach in football is, I promise you and I guarantee you the majority would say Matt Rule. That's three or four years down the road, three or four years since he stepped foot in that state. That's the kind of relationship he built in that insular community um, to bring Baylor and put them back on the map. So... He's very, very smart, he's very intelligent, and he's very well conditioned to embrace this rebuilding process. And you know, and all your listeners know from watching him on Saturdays or this past Friday, uh, the intent is there, I think, for Nebraska with Mickey Joseph. I think they play hard, um, but they need someone, in my opinion, who can bring this thing to its fruition and to its final point. It's not just enough to play hard. You have to bring in all the pieces. Uh, Matt's shown an ability to do that at two different stops in two very adverse circumstances. And in comparison, I don't think Nebraska is is in the same ballpark. So that was the Matt Rule rundown by Paul Meyerberg back on October 11th, right after his dismissal from Carolina. Matt Rule reached out to, in Ireland, uh, says it ain't him. Uh, So, again, this day keeps getting more perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hooksy does chime in, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. I was not risking losing my sticks. If I lose them, I lose myself. They are like my fourth child. Let's be honest. Hooks can, can finance, well, he could finance a lot of NIL with all the um, Skittles he's ones on the golf course. And if you need financing, help remember to check out our friends, GoCurrency.com, for all your equipment financing Right. Needs. You want a truck? Go to Currency. Uh, some of our friends in the stream yard have chimed in. Brandon asked an important question. Which player has the look in his eye that he wants to play? This week. Well, I love it. And as a follow-up, maybe that's what our, our new criteria should be whenever we're talking about coaching candidates. Like, wh- which guy has that look in his eye of a guy who wants to rebuild Nebraska? We go old-school football with this thing a la Whipple. And then that's how you find out who's going to be the next Nebraska coach, Mitty. We just need to start looking in the eyes, getting some, some direct eye contact with these, these coaching hey, candidates. Hey, your, your, your next coach is your current coach. 
And that's Mickey Joseph with a showdown on Saturday against Minnesota. Uh, that's the front and center. We'll spend some time with Brandon Vogel on the Gophs, on the smoke and wildfire of speculation today with uh, the dreaded looming announcement that never happened. It's all good. Game day Saturday. Hey, single barrel tomorrow. Road show for us as we're there four to six. Inside the graduate, come by, say hi, say what's up. And then we're back again. They have incredible breakfast every morning at 7 a.m. We're there seven to nine in front of Minnesota and Nebraska. Brandon Vogel on the way. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio back into it it's hail varsity we're presented by currency chris schmidt elijah herbal alex from southeast is shadowing brandon vogel joins us from his football office he has hunkered down Phone calls and notes and note. I'm kidding. Vogues, how we doing, man? How's how's the day treated you? <laughs> uh, it's been been an interesting one. Uh, one that comes along every every so often, where you uh, spend a lot of time tracking things down and trying to get yourself as ready as you can be, and uh, and then you play the waiting game. So it's it's been a little bit like that. I did enjoy watching Husker soccer on BTN. Fell to number six Michigan State two one, but acquitted itself pretty well. I think they've got a pretty good shot at, uh, at at making the NCAA tournament. So good job, Husker Soccer. Absolutely, and credit to, to Brady Altman's doing a great job at covering Husker Soccer for HaleVarsity.com. So you want your soccer fix, you follow Brady. And, and folks, you've mentioned it before, but it is the beautiful game uh, with, with soccer. Um, those of us who have young ones that played soccer at 8 a.m., uh, during the spring and, and fall and all times in between. Uh, it's like going to Ames. You can never, ever get warm on that sideline. Uh, keeping with the beauty eye of the beholder, of course, how uh, how beautiful Saturday going to be. <laughs> It'll be Big Ten beautiful, won't it? it? Yeah, Big Ten beautiful is a good way to put it. Garrett Nelson you know, asked about kind of, the month ahead for the Huskers called it a Big Ten November on the I-80 Preview podcast this week. I talked about that a lot. And a Big Ten November does kind of feel like its own season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for Nebraska of late. You, the Huskers, more often than not, have finished with Wisconsin-Iowa, which is, you know, a physical back-to-back, I guess would be the way to put it. But, oh, this year they also put uh, Minnesota and Michigan in front of it. And we didn't know this, you know, in the summer, but 
Illinois is operating at, at peak Bielema. So really it's five weeks of Big Ten November for for Nebraska. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a physical test. Now, Brandon, whenever I look back at, at the past couple of years, and I know it's a different head man in charge right now of this football team, but I look back at the past couple of years, it always seemed like Nebraska was trending in, in the right direction of sorts once the month of November rolled around. It didn't always translate into uh, more wins, fewer losses, but I did feel like the, the product on the field looked like it was starting to, to develop it and get to where you expected it to be before the season. Um, and... This year, it almost feels opposite. It feels like this team is trending in a, the opposite direction, whether it be because of injuries or just because of the opposition on the schedule. So what is, is your take on that, the fact that maybe this team is trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time? Yeah, it's it's tough. And it's going to be tough no matter which way you're trending. But I, I would kind of agree with you. We know Nebraska's banged up. Every team's a little bit banged up to this point. And I think the difference with these Novembers to me for Nebraska has been through 2011, since they entered the league, Nebraska's only had a winning record in November three times. Two of those were under Polini right away. Uh, Mike Riley got one in his first season. And I, for me, I think November's become a lot about kind of culture and identity, like, because you know everyone's going to be dealing with with some degree of injury. And it's kind of like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you're about? And it's it's probably not fair for Nebraska to to have a clear idea of that under an interim coach. But it didn't have that identity prior to this either. So I think they're dealing with that is the way I would put it. Can you forge some sort of identity, Vogue's? for Saturday. Yeah, I, I think Mickey and the rest of the staff are, are doing everything they can to do that. Um, I mean, winning football games consistently is so much about avoiding errors and producing consistent effort. And it's, it's not easy to do. It sounds simple. It sounds straightforward, but in my opinion, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole game. Uh, is is how do you get that? How do you know going into a game like, okay, we might play a little bit better than normal. We might play a little bit worse, but the baseline there is is fairly consistent. And Nebraska just hasn't had that for, for a while, I think, when we get to the point where we are ready to talk about whoever is going to lead Nebraska football into the future. That's, that's the key objective. How do you go into these Minnesota-Iowa Wisconsin games, not to mention Michigan. I mean, Michigan looks really, really good right now. Um, but how do you go into those games against what are division foes now and just be like, yeah, they're going to come out and do what they do, and we know we're going to come out and do what we do. And I don't think Nebraska's been that we kind of team in a while. They're reliant on the big play. That's okay. And the big play uh, may be ice in his elbow uh, this weekend. We'll see. We'll get more. On, on your outlook here, I want to go back to the coaching search real quick. What's your feel and take right now with the Nebraska fan base? With, uh, with Mickey, if, if he is the guy or it ends up being a different choice by Trev, does the fan base freak or does that all depend on who, uh, who Trev can go get instead of Mickey? Yeah, I, I think – so I don't think that – there's a slam dunk hire out there. 
And and I think that's the case in probably 98% of coaching searches. Like I, I was looking at it today going back 15 years. So to 2007, like in terms of can't miss total confidence for me, there were maybe five of those in, in 15 years and really only two that I feel great about Saban at, at Alabama in 07 and Meyer at Ohio state, not even Meyer at Florida, just at Ohio state. Because at the time he took that Florida job, you know, he was a, he's a guy who there's a couple of them out there every year, done a great job at a G five school, um, which isn't to diminish that. It's just what I it don't was. Know. You, don't know how it so, translates. you know, I think, yeah, I, I think I think the support for Mickey is pretty broad at this point. It was broad when he took that job, uh, took over the the head coaching role on an interim basis to a degree that maybe surprised me a little. Um, so, so I think there would be a good deal of enthusiasm, but there are questions there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you're battling with Colorado for for that that choice. And, and some people will probably always take that as a little bit like, uh, maybe maybe you should have done more, tried harder, waited a little bit longer if, if that announcement were to come before the end of the season. But I think I think there would be broad support, but we're going to have you're, you're going to have questions about it. And that's and I think that's pretty fair. I think there should be questions about just about any coaching hire at this point. You're never going to know anything. Total certainty. I don't think it's totally possible. So you just got to kind of make peace with that. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, whenever you, you look at the two popular names today, I feel like one maximizes upside and one minimizes risk. With with Mickey Joseph, his recruiting prowess, I think you have maybe more upside than you do with Matt Rule, uh, just with the kind of talent that he has shown that he can bring to a place like Nebraska. But you have maybe a little bit more risk because uh, no head coaching experience, especially at this level, and you don't really know what he would put together for a staff. Whereas Matt Rule, on the flip side, I think minimizes risk. You've seen him rebuild a couple programs in the past, and despite the fact that things didn't go well with the Panthers, college is a different game, and everywhere he's been in college, he has found success so what what do you think is more important in this coaching search when you look at it through Trev's eyes is it more about minimizing risk and making sure you get this thing right or is it about you know maximizing that potential and saying you know what we are chasing Ohio State and we're we're trying to make the hire that's going to allow us to compete with the Michigans and Ohio States of the world I think that's a excellent and elegant way to put that and I honestly don't know which Trev values more because in in a lot of ways, if, if Joseph is the pick, I view that as a as a as a riskier selection than say a Matt Campbell, a Matt Rule, a, a Lance Leipold. Because you're always going to get some of that buzz of like, oh, we went out there, we interviewed X number of people, and this was the guy. This was the guy that wowed me. Versus the guy that you you already have. And I, I, I do think while the risk might be a little bit higher just based on experience with Mickey, um, he comes with some benefits that nobody else can offer. And this isn't my campaign for him to get the job. I think it's just where things stand from my point of view. And that's uh, you have a better chance of avoiding mass turnover on the roster at the end of the year. You can start recruiting for 2023 and beyond like in full force right now and we've already seen them land two commits despite the interim tag which is kind of amazing when you stop and think about it 
And, you know, not that anybody's like writing off the end of this year and this team with these guys, there are some who won't be back next year. So you owe it to them to pursue your 2022 goals right away. But you can also start the majority of that roster can say, oh, it's not just playing to to try to get six wins or whatever their goals are at this point uh, this year. There's something beyond this unless, you know, I'm a senior or unless I'm somebody who's already decided I'm going to try something else. So all of those pieces make this a complicated decision um, with with rule. Minimizing risk is is really where I would put him like it's tough to argue with the trajectory and the win loss column with him at Temple, with him at Baylor. I have some reservations you know, minor ones. If, if he were to be hired, Trev said he doesn't care about winning the press conference, but that would win press conference on a national level. I think um, if, if that's if that's the selection, I, I do wonder if you're giving up a little bit of ceiling. I just look at Baylor, didn't beat any ranked teams at Baylor, which, which is fine. It was a small sample size, but, you know, Stuff like that sticks out. And I think coaching ultimately is getting the most out of your team each time out. Vogues, I'm going to keep you about five more minutes on the other side. It flew by too quickly, if that's all right. Otherwise, you can claim computer problems and you got to run. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And, uh, of course, his podcast, I-80 Preview. Uh, We've been told that (laughs) rules in Ireland – right now i don't know if he's at the mary cobbler i don't know if he's in the booth that brandon vogel and aaron Sorensen sat in in the back room with us as we trudged forward the four minute drive i.e pre and post game show of nebraska northwestern but that's a good spot to be well for all we know he could be in ireland popping a glass of well i was gonna say bubbly but more likely guinness to celebrate a new job for all we know but he said no it ain't me He's in Ireland. I know. They all that, say that. <laughs> that. That shot you down. You're hurt. But it's been a, a, a weirdo day today. More with Brandon Vogel. We'll dive into a little bit more Minnesota. And a uh, really good question by Elijah there when it comes to, to risk and upside. That discussion point for the next head coach or current coach in Nebraska Tail Varsity presented by Currency. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A few more minutes overtime with Brandon Vogel from his football office. Gary Barnett in 20 minutes. Jeremiah Searles next hour. Vogues, uh, back to the game and back to the moment. We talked a lot about Illinois and the opportunity that uh, Nebraska and Mickey had, and they were they were leading till they weren't, and uh, you had to go backup route. So that's going to be key. What do you do with getting your backups ready? And then you know what? Let's go down this road. Even to, even the <laughs> point spreads minus sixteen. What would a win do? Uh, what would a win do? Short term here, uh, and then even big picture if you're not just Mickey and the team, but also Trev. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it uh, that would be a p- pretty powerful piece of evidence if there's ongoing discussions about where Nebraska is going to go with its head coaching 
perspective. And last week would have done that too. Last week would have done that in a more conventional sense and that, hey, you know, it would have thrown the West race into a lot more disarray because Nebraska would have been right there. And this win wouldn't do that. But a number of the power rankings out there, uh, to whatever degree you, you put any stock or value in that, have Minnesota ranked as the best team in the West right now, ahead of Illinois. Um, and I'm not saying that, that that means that they are, but looking at the Gophers' kind of statistical profile, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, they have an offense that stays on schedule and is explosive. Anytime you do those two things, you're going to be in pretty good shape. It has a defense. Illinois' defense is better. Um, but this Minnesota defense isn't that far behind. They control the clock. Um, really, P.J. Fleck, you know, came in from Western Michigan with a heavy pass offense. This team is one of the 10 most run-heavy teams in the country. Like, they have really adapted to what it takes to win in the Big Ten West. Had a three-game losing streak, not ignoring that, but this Minnesota team's pretty impressive. So if Nebraska were to win there with a backup quarterback potentially or a their typical starter who probably isn't quite at full strength, um, that would be gutting one out. That would be what I talked about in the earlier segment, maximizing what you can get out of your team. Brandon, is, is covering a 16-point spread with the, the situation around Nebraska right now, is that a win for this team? I know it's not a win on the scoreboard, but is it a win for this yeah. team considering the circumstances? I think it is. Um, and I tend to view things that way. Anytime we talk about a covering head coach <laughs> back at Nebraska or anywhere, one of the first things I look at is, is their record against the spread. And the reason I do that is not because, you know, I care because I should have bet on this team or I shouldn't have or and what I'll learn there. Um, but I care because it normalizes it. You know, it puts everything at basically pretty close to a coin flip. So if you're consistently beating the spread, um, you're probably getting your team to play pretty well, play better than expectation. If you're consistently not being spread, uh, it, it probably means the opposite. And I will say this for Matt Rule. Uh, he has a great against the spread record. He does. It's uh, impressive. Well, not in Carolina, but in college. No, that's, that's <laughs> Let's be let's be fair to old Maddie here with uh, what he was dealing with at quarterback. I'm pretty sure if if you go back and if you put on the same bet and you bet against the Panthers in every single game of Matt Rule's tenure, I'm pretty sure you would have made like a ton a of money. Maserati. I think in his first two seasons he was something crazy like eight and eight, what the eight and twenty five against the spread or something like that. Eight and twenty four. He was something ridiculous against the spread for for the, the Panthers. But hey, NFL is a different game. Vogues, what's uh, happening on the I-80 preview? I know Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity, YouTube channel. Folks can access it, download it, subscribe to it. But what is uh, the layout here? Remind folks. Yeah, so get a little bit deeper on some of the things that I've already you know, mentioned here just talking about Minnesota. So uh, I give my three keys to the, to the game every week. Uh, I try to make them not not the same three keys you'll you'll hear everywhere else and, and try to put a number on on some things to to lay out what i think nebraska needs to do to, to not just cover a 16 point spread but to get a win because that's what that's what people and fans care about so um it's a it's a narrow path i think for for nebraska this week particularly with the questions of quarterback but there there is a way that it can happen so listen to the iid preview if you're interested in what i think that way happens to be Beautiful. We will talk to you uh, Saturday morning, bright and early kegs and eggs, Vogel. How's that sound? 
Sounds great. Thanks Brandon lot, Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity. Uh, can dial us up 466-3776-467-76-800-825-5865. My computer just flaked out. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah, no, no. We, we have a, a blank picture of you up on the screen right now. So apologies to those following along in the stream. For those uh, on the radio feed, the uh, tried and true way of listening to us there we have is it. working well. And is it? Yeah, yeah, well, it should be all right. Let me, uh, I don't know what happened there. Welcome well. back to another episode of Schmidt and Elijah Try to Battle with Technology. <laughs> Technology's winning. Hey, that'd be so huge. And I, you know what? Part of me's just got kind of a, everyone, conventional wisdom is Nebraska's just going to get drilled. Right? They're going to get drilled. They're going to get crumpled up. They're in a lot of trouble to a point you made here about being in Trev's chair, maximizing potential, minimizing risk, great, great analytical way to look at it. And the, the right answer is just to be right. It's, it's mm-hmm. to, it's to nail the hire. And Vogue's did some in-depth work. Like he touched on what turned out to be a slam dunk, what turned out to be a home run, Based on Saban's history, you thought it could go pretty well at Alabama because he did it at LSU, and LSU had always been kind of underachieving. I mean, with, with the talent pool down there, they should be winning 10 ball games a year. And if you don't, they, they show you the door. Kyle Whittingham, who replaced Urban, has been pretty much a slam dunk for Utah. They've been very consistent. They've been very good. But we're, we're kind of back to, to, to square one, potentially here with names and fits. And then also the, the Mickey factor, and it's a different climate right now than it was post-Oklahoma where you reeled off two in a row. I mean, there's a reality of your, your dog 16 Saturday. You'll be dogged by probably 25 to 30 against Michigan. That might be a bit high, but it's going to be in the 20s or teens. Depends what the game against Minnesota looks like. Easy, But, but, but yeah. if you do lose by a 16-point margin to Minnesota, then yes, I would agree with that. And then, and then you have... Then you have Wisconsin. Then you have Iowa. I mean, it, it could end up three and nine. It could end up four and eight, five and seven. It, keep going up or keep going down or status quo with the win total. I mean, that's that's it too. Um, where your Trev and as you evaluate through this Big Ten schedule and and finish, if you do keep Mickey, you keep a class together. You keep those that want to stay or are still eligible together on the roster because they like playing for the guy. And that is also gutsy by Trev. Because the easy thing to do is to go make an outside hire. It's not necessarily easy to go get who you want, but that's the easy way. It's easy, it, it, easy to defend your decision. Yes. And for Mickey, I mean, that's. You don't have a lot of interim success in in the world of, of college football or sports in general. So, uh, you know, the easy take is to to go outside. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. So the, uh, the rumor mill today, uh, an expected announcement, not true. 
Where's Nebraska in their coaching search? Good question. And uh, Mickey Joseph still the guy as an interim. And uh, the Matt Rule discussion point shot down in segment one in hour one. Uh, sources told us that Rule said it ain't me. And he's over in Ireland. Cannot confirm if he's at the Mary Cobbler or well, not. And just a, another point to make here. If you're over in Ireland with your family, you know, you just got fired. You're trying to spend some time with them after, you know, a long family. season in Carolina. <laughs> no. Vacations, me and me and mama. <laughs> Whatever it is. Are or you, me and some golf buddies. If someone asks you. I'm on vacation. You, I'm not bringing the kids. Well, here's what I'm saying. If somebody asks you while you're spending quality time, I'll just say with your loved ones. Sure. Because I don't think you're going to Ireland solo. If you are, credit Matt Rule. That's, that's sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I assume you're there with your loved ones. There's 20 million. Go hang out at the mall. I'm going to go to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> if someone asks you point blank, though, so you're taking this Husker job and you're just trying to spend some time with your loved ones, you're going to say no because... I don't so you're know, not the, buying the no right now. The, there's going to be hell to pay when you get back to the hotel room and, sh- and your wife or your kids or whoever says, huh, I thought we were here enjoying our time as family. Why are you telling what? people you're going to Nebraska? You say no right now. Just to, that, that, That's a happy, to, happy to wife, happy you, life. To enjoy your Ireland vacation? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, am, I do subscribe to the notion that where there is smoke, there is fire. Now, uh, are these rumors out there today 100% true? I don't believe so, but I do believe where there is smoke, there is fire I, going I be- on behind I the scenes. I believe this. I believe there could be a committee meeting on Zoom talking about future dollars for future dates. Yes. That's what I think. Uh, Pat McAfee and Reese Davis weighed in on Matt Rule. His name came up with McAfee earlier today. You brought up Matt Rule. I've, I've been like chief on the hire Matt Rule parade. That was the guy I was, I was telling USC to go try to hire Matt Rule when he was still with the Panthers. So I think Matt might take a year off of just talking to people who talk to him. Hey, yeah, baby, I, by the way. I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great uh, wherever, whoever hired him. We're going to try to get him on our show for that year he takes off. Now, I know he probably wants to disappear for a little bit and enjoy his life. It's probably been very stressful. The amount of turnover in his program out there at Carolina and his first dabble as a head coach in the NFL with what he left at Baylor to go do that. A lot of money, like $70 million, so he can enjoy that a little bit with the family. But whenever he was at Baylor, they were a wagon. Oh, yeah. They were everything. All signs are pointing to, like, happiness, happy life. Everybody loved him. He was king. Then he goes to Carolina. We want the boon. And I mentioned Matt Rule maybe getting hired somewhere in college on that show. They cheered. They're Panthers fans. They're like, wow. yeah, yeah, get his ass the <laughs> f- out of here. Like, his happiness levels have to be, you know, on quite a, a roller coaster over the last few years. Hopefully he enjoys the year off. I'd be excited to see what Matt Rule does. Well, that's fair. Uh, decompress, but guys that are wired a certain way want to get back in it. Reminder to get your tickets with Red Zone Tickets, selling fun since 2001. They buy, they sell tickets, Nebraska football, volleyball, NFL action, Creighton hoops, concerts. How about theater? CWS, Dave Matthews, going to be at CHI. You want to go see Dave? Check out your friends with Red Zone Tickets. Uh, Local source, they are out of Omaha. Better Business Bureau rating of A+. A 100% guarantee you'll receive authentic tickets. You'll make the memories uh, that last a lifetime. Log on today. RedZoneTickets.com. RedZoneTickets.com. Gary Barnett kicks us off Hour 2 with Ale Varsity.
Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Let's talk to Hall of Fame football coach Gary Barnett. Coach, what a weekend of ball, and the coaching carousel keeps on spinning. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Sitting back and just watching all this uh, take place. It's pretty interesting. It's almost as interesting as the uh, as the games themselves, which you know. But I think we've had a great year so far. I think it's just been fabulous college football. No, totally agree with you, and uh, we'll get to some of the weekend matchups. You know, I want to get your take here. If if Nebraska moves forward with Mickey Joseph, what's that say to you, Coach? Does it say that, man, Mickey's done a hell of a job, which I think he has, or does it say more about the Nebraska job and its desirability? No, I I, I think it says a lot about Mickey. I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be more jobs open, and um, – you know, if, if they think that uh, they've got the guy, then, you know, why not uh, do it right now? Because you're, it's, it's a wise move. Your recruiting becomes substantiated and, and uh, valid and current. So there's, there's lots of reasons to do it now, and I get it, and especially if he's already there and uh, has somewhat of a staff that he wants to keep. So. Um, you know, I, I think people in the building know, you know, um, when something like this happens, uh, everybody knows he's the right guy. It's Mm -hmm. not just one guy that thinks he's the right guy. So, um, if they choose him, it's because of that. It's because he's had an impact on everybody in the building and, uh, and the players. Gary Barnett with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, you know, Mickey, well, you know, the family extremely well, and, what what's your projection on working for a guy like Mickey? What kind of boss would he be uh, when it comes to not only uh, management, but just from putting a, a staff together? Because Mickey, Mickey loves and, and gets recruiting. He's been phenomenal at it. Uh, you know, it's so hard for me to tell because I knew Mickey when he was not as mature as he is now. And so uh, I don't know how, uh, uh, much of a, a, a young man, <clears throat> young football coach, he really is. But um, I know Vance uh, much better, but um, and Sammy, as far as that goes. But you, you know, I, I, like I said, I think if if this is what uh, uh, the athletic director believes, Trev thinks this is the right thing to do, and and he's won over everybody in the building, then it's. Uh, you know, it's, they've got to feel good about where they think he can take them. Now, put your AD hat on for a moment. Would you make a decision right now? 
only if I knew, uh, only if I did out knew that this was the guy, because there's going to be other guys come available and not that you want to hire somebody that's been fired somewhere else, but you want to get to get the best person for your school. And, um, if I felt like this was the best person that I was going to talk to and I had a history with him, mm. then, then I'd do it, but I wouldn't do it just because it's that time of year. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, Nebraska had some major issues in the second half against uh, the Illini. Uh, Pretty was uh, not ready, and, and they they went with him. He didn't practice a whole lot last week. Uh, Coach Whipple's got to get a, a second and third team guy ready, most likely because of Casey Thompson's elbow. And your approach, and from a rep, <laughs> from a rep standpoint, it just feels different with um, with backup reps in today's college football practice style. I mean, I remember some of the Colorado teams, man, that you guys would lose a, a Hagen from time to time, and uh, Charles Johnson was always ready, man. He was a great relief pitcher. Same with Nebraska during their title run uh, when Frazier was out. Uh, T.O. had backups ready. Today it just seems like things – unravel when the number two or three guys get get called upon well it's hard to it's hard to get a number two and three anymore because of the transfer portal and the fact that they can you know if they think they should be playing they just up and leave Mm -hmm. and uh, now it shouldn't be that situation for you guys because purdy is one of those guys that up and left someplace and uh came to battle for the position didn't get it so you should have a legitimate backup there um Today, it's, I think it's a little hard to get all the reps in today uh, with everybody's wide-open offense. But to me, I look at the numbers on Nebraska and say, you know what, if you can't run the ball for more than 60 yards and you throw, uh, you have four turnovers, I don't care what you're going to do what you're, with your backup quarterback, you know, that's that's a, that's a an issue. And so uh, it's, it's complimentary right now, and it has to be, and it, that's not very complimentary. So it's, uh, you know, it's the backup quarterback is an issue. There's no question. And you, everybody wants that guy who'll come in and, and settle everybody down and put, you know, run the team. But when you're running the team from, from a standpoint of throwing the football, you know, it's, it's a little harder on that quarterback. He's got to be a little bit better. And, and so it's, um, becomes so important that your backup quarterback, uh, is, as adept as your starting quarterback as close as you can make it. But like I said, it's hard to get that anymore because these guys leave. Is it in Whipple's DNA to, to, to lean on the run? Oh, probably not. No, no, it, it isn't. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you're in the big 10 and you better lean on the run a little bit, especially in the West. And so, um, but you know, you got to do what you got to do to win games. I don't, you know, can't worry about what your DNA is. You've got to do what you got to do to win football games. And if that's the best way to win it, then doggone find a way to do it. That's my feeling. And I'm wondering if there's a course correction here this weekend against Minnesota. If you're down to Chuba and there's some uncertainty or some turnover problems or smothers the running quarterback, 
go go that route. Time will tell with it. Gary Barnett with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what'd you think of the college football playoff reveal? Your top team was Tennessee, and you've been all over, Rocky Tom. Uh, in yeah. two is Ohio State, Georgia three, Clemson four, and almost 60% of the time, the top four initial reveal end up in the college football playoff. Did you like TCU being so far down the uh, the totem pole? Well, uh, you know, you, you've only got so many teams, so many spots, and you got a bunch of teams that are all playing pretty well right now. So I, I think that'll all sort itself out. Um, you know, TCU's, TCU's still got a, a couple of big games left, but TCU looks like it might it might be one of those teams that ends up maybe four and zero and doesn't get in or not four and zero but under twelve and zero or thirteen and zero and doesn't get in perhaps but that depends upon to me Alabama if if they if they play and beat either Georgia or Tennessee again in the in the SEC championship that that SEC title brings with it usually a spot and so. Um, yeah, I you know TCU's just got to keep playing. They just got to keep winning, and uh, they're favored this week against Tech. But they just got to keep going, and you just can't worry about that if you're TCU. You just play it and see what happens. Are you a resume guy or an eye test guy? How do you judge? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, you sound shocked. A little, a little, a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little bit of both, Chris. A little bit of both. I uh, I I want to know who you played, and then I want to see who how you played against crossover games, if there are any. But uh, I'm a little bit of both. Gary Barnett with us here, Coach. Want to go back to to Mickey here for a moment here, and you're uh, you you have connections down at Arizona State, and I mean you're right in their neck of the woods. What's your take on on Mickey and, and his candidacy other places? Do you think he's a hot commodity outside of Nebraska? You know, I, I I'd be I'm a little surprised about hearing all that, but I, I you know I think there's so many so many people putting so much stuff out there right now. Um, you know, I, I I think Arizona State's I don't know what to say. I think Arizona State would would probably lean towards somebody from the West, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I, and I don't know the relationship with Mickey and the AD, uh, here at Arizona state, but I, yeah, I, it's, it's so hard to tell on stuff like that. I think, um, and Arizona state's been out there for, for a while. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've been able to do a lot. They've been able to interview a lot of guys and, um, try to get involved with a lot of people. So they're a step ahead. They're, I think they're ahead of maybe not Nebraska, but they're ahead of Colorado. They're ahead of certainly uh, a couple of the other teams that are like Auburn, but um, they, they should be, they should have had time to get most of this stuff done. What's your take on Michigan state, Michigan's uh, fiasco oh, this boy. past weekend? It, it, that was just pure thuggery. You know, and, uh, you know, I think the people at Michigan State need to be held accountable for that. That's just ridiculous. 
And, um, you know, I've been a part of one of those things and, and it was, it was my guy that did one of those things. And, and, you know, the only thing I, the only way I could address that with him is that that's what thugs do, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to do it and you're not going to be on this team. So, um, I, I think they just got to, they've got to clear it up. I think Harbaugh's coming out a little bit too strong, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, but give, you know, you want to give the other team a chance to do the right thing. You don't need to be spouting off about it, but give them a chance to do the right thing. I think when you had to deal with it, was it Miami, Colorado? No, I no, this was just when I first started at Northwestern. Oh, really? uh, What happened? Yeah. We had a a, a fight on the, uh, in the uh, end zone at Michigan state. And so, you know, a bunch of my kids ran off the sideline and got involved, and one of them hit another player with a chair. And so, wow, yeah. So you gotta, you know, you gotta take control of your guys. There was another fight that same weekend with, uh, I think Wake Forest was involved with it. And after that weekend, um, they put out the rule that if you leave the sideline, then you're ejected. So that sort of stopped all that for a while. Gary Barnett with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, going to start off uh, with some rapid fire here. Tennessee, Georgia, dogs minus eight. You still singing Rocky Top? Gosh, dang. Well, I'm taking the points in Tennessee, that's for sure. Uh, Do they win? I I don't know how you bet against those guys, Chris. I (laughs) I think you got to take Tennessee. How do you bet against Tennessee right now? I mean, they are playing at a really high level. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Rocky Top. How how does a guy like Heupel and and even Bielema in year two coach get it flipped around? I think they they've got some good players, but man, they got the buy-in. Well, they did get the buy-in, and Tennessee Tennessee's always been a you know sleeping giant. That that's a program that right guy running the controls is going to be able to do anything he wants. And Heupel's to me, it may be the best play caller in college football. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got Herndon Hooker, who came out of nowhere from Virginia Tech, who's just playing at a really high level, but he's 24 or 25 years old. And, you know, that kind of leadership in that position is really, really important if you can find it. It's hard to find. But um, they're playing at such a high level, it's unbelievable. And in Illinois, uh, you know, you got to give Brett Bielema credit because – you know, there's a program that's just wallowed around there for years. It's been always been close. They've been a hard out, mm-hmm. but they've never, you know, completed the job like they are right now. Bama at LSU tied uh, minus 13 and a half. Betting, I'm going to take uh, LSU, but win the game, I'm going to take Alabama. Texas down at Manhattan. Boy, did they thump Okie State minus two and a half. Texas, they're they're a, they're favored. How do you get that? I don't. I, I can't believe I don't get that one. And so I'm taking Kansas State the points, and uh, you know Kansas State's playing really good defense, mm-hmm. and you know they beat Okie State forty eight to nothing after Just they beat Texas. Them. So. Just crushed them. So I'm, uh, they're playing at Kansas State. I'm going with Kansas State. Uh, this probably tugs at your heart, but uh, Clemson minus three and a half at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, Clemson's a better team. Mm-hmm. 
I think that should be a good football game to watch, but I think Clemson wins it. And uh, Nebraska, coach, underdogged by 16 to Minnesota. Not Ohio State, Fleck and Company, minus 16. Well, it started off at 12. I know. And all of a sudden it's at 16. So, you know what, I – if I'm betting with your money, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Nebraska in the we'll points. Say, we'll say her money. Uh, <laughs> uh, her money. I'm taking Nebraska in the points, but I don't think Nebraska's gonna win this game. Gary Barnett with his coach. Uh, get feeling better. Thanks for a few minutes today. You bet, Chris. Talk to you later. Good stuff from Coach on Mickey and uh, the Nebraska gig as well. We'll spend some time. Jeremiah Searles coming up. Thoughts on. Minnesota and the Big Red Tail Varsity presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you, Tail Varsity, presented by Currency. Jeremiah Searles with us, standout Husker, longtime NFLer. There's no Matt Rule jersey in the background, is there? <laughs> not yet. There's there's not one up here yet. There's no Sikkim Baylor Bears or, uh, you know, we might have that little Carolina Panther connection, though. You know, I was there for a short time. He was there for a short time. So you, just, you don't know. So with all of this smoke and rumor and innuendo, we should have just called Searles from the get-go. I guess. Because you know nothing we, just like us. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. I've been just grinding through some work, and then I check Twitter every now and then, and then I talk to you, and it's just it's just all big smoke and mirrors. You know what? I'm going to go with the Bill Belichick approach. We're focused on Minnesota. We're well, on onto the Gophers. <laughs> well, Searles, quickly here to just dispel something. If yes. Matt Rule is the guy for Nebraska, can you confirm or deny reports that you will be the next offensive line coach at the University of deny. Nebraska? Deny. 100% <laughs> fully, completely deny to the death. Deny. <laughs> Searles is not all about the 20-hour work day at a facility versus his Husker Den. Correct. Right? Absolutely correct. I will be very comfortable here in my leather chair, not screaming at 18 to 21-year-olds. Well, way to get out in front of that, sir. Yeah. That's, that's hey, so, you, if you control the narrative, other people can't write it for you, all right? There you go. Let's talk about Saturday's narrative, point spread, quarterback situation. I think Casey's going to do his best sell job between now and Friday to get in the lineup, but you've had to uh, to take – young quarterbacks on the road that are backups what is life like that for the offensive line you know luckily when we had backups as we were old guys and veterans you know we had taylor for majority of our time but then my senior year we kind of bounced between kellogg and armstrong and figured it out but you know as a veteran offensive line you you take the shoulder the load more you know hey let's rely more on us and you know regardless and i think that regardless of who plays quarterback this weekend it's going to be really important that the O-line performs in the run game, whether it's Casey, 
whether it's Chubba, whether it's Logan, whatever, this is not a gopher football team that you can go three and out with. You know, I just got done rewatching the entire Rutgers game, and I remember watching their first drive that they went 99 and a half yards on for 12 minutes running the same play. You know, that's what this offense is built to do is to control the clock, keep other offenses off the field, and be efficient in the run game. We got to take a page out of Minnesota's playbook. We have to be able to run the football. We have to be able to control the clock because if we don't, we may only get five or six possessions in the entire football game. And if they're scoring and they're running, we'll have problems. Can Nebraska commit to a run offense? It's not how they've been successful. You have different personnel potentially. And speak a moment to, to the backup choices, Smothers or, or, uh, or Chubba. You know, I think if Casey can't go, I think you'll see a two-quarterback system. You know, I think you'll see special packages for Logan that'll come in and be that kind of what we saw against Iowa, right? You run the, the speed option, play action pass, or you run the, the jump pass, or you just run true quarterback power because he does have some really explosive plays in his legs. And he's a young guy, so let him run. Don't worry about him. You know, but then you put Chubb in there who's got a little more experience under his belt. has got a little more timing with the passing game, or, I mean, hopefully he does better than last week. I thought he was allergic to the forward pass last week. But, you know, as you continue to roll with it, you know, I think you'll see two of those guys going back and forth. And I think Whipple trying to put together a best game plan. But it's not going to be those two guys that make the show go. It's going to be Anthony Grant. It's going to be Jacquez Yant. It's going to be whoever else they put back there to put the ball in their hand. Those are going to have to be the game changers on Saturday. Because when you're playing with a backup quarterback, it's just not fair to ask him to go out there and do too much. So as a guy who's played plenty of offensive line in your day, how do you think that Nebraska is going to try to hide this offensive line with a backup quarterback? Because, it, I mean, you can maybe, maybe if you have a good enough quarterback, hide some offensive line play. But especially with a, an inexperienced backup quarterback, that just strikes me as something that's going to be very difficult to do. Do you see any ways that you think Nebraska might try to hide this offensive line on Saturday just to give the team a chance? Yeah, you know, they've been trying to already with the quick rhythm passing game with Casey Thompson, you know, getting the ball out quickly, and it's still barely been getting out on time. You know, you bring in a backup quarterback that's going to have to hold on for a half a second later that doesn't quite anticipate the throws, isn't quite in sync because he's been doing it for the last seven weeks with these guys. You know, that's when you have to rely more on the quick draw game, the quick screen game, you know, things that get the ball out quick, wide receiver screens, tight end screens, you know, something that just is literally catch and throw or an RPO. You know, I think maybe we'll see some more RPOs if Logan Smothers is in there where you, again, taking a play out of Minnesota's playbook, faking the handoff, the linebacker sucks, just go ahead and give it to big Volkolek, you know, or those type of things is how you kind of hide the offensive line in the pass protection scheme. But there's nowhere to hide in the run game. It's mono e mono. It is man versus man. You have to double team, whatever it is. You can't hide in the run game. You can hide some in the pass game, but the run game, you have to just show up and show out. Searles, who do you run behind on this offensive line? There was some success against Illinois. Grant had a couple of bigger runs uh, behind that right side. Uh, you just haven't seen the offensive line this season asked to do a lot of of run blocking. It's been more of a, a sprinkling in uh, in this Whipple offense. Yeah, you know, I'm not real sure. You know, as I more I watch our tape, I don't necessarily know what our identity is in the run game. You know, sometimes it's outside zone. Sometimes it's inside zone. You know, I think that to have success and teams that have had success running the ball against Minnesota – 
have been more of the power run scheme downhill type of guys. Because if you think about it, that Minnesota defense practices all spring and they practice all fall camp against that outside zone scheme of the Minnesota Gophers. You know, so that is not something that they are strangers to seeing. What they don't necessarily always see is the double team downhill dive plays, a gaps. And, you know, that's not something that we do all the time, but we have a bit of an advantage to our side that if we're going to kind of switch and wrinkle game plans because our starting quarterback's not in, then that's something they're going to have to think about. And it's something that you'll want to sprinkle in early so that they're starting to guess and try and figure it out. But again, you can have the greatest scheme in the world. It's up to guys like Piper and Hickson and Corcoran and those dudes that just come out with their hair on fire and just try and establish a new line of scrimmage on the other side of the football and give guys abilities to hit creases because Grant and those guys can make one guy miss and go the distance, but they have to be able to get forward momentum going, which they haven't been able to do in the last few weeks. Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, offensively with what Minnesota likes to do, uh, I'm going to flip this around. How important is it going to be for Nebraska to, to take care of the ball, not turn the ball over, and uh, inevitably win that turnover battle if they want to stand a chance in this game? Yeah, you can't let this team steal possessions from you. You know, you could have this team, if you turn the ball over in a quarter, you may only get the ball once in that quarter. I mean, that's what they want to do, and that's how the Minnesota stays on script, and that's how they script to win games. You know, so winning the turnover battle and getting the ball out of their hands is going to be really important that we can try and steal a possession. But this might be if you turn the ball over once, it could be the complete difference in the game. You know, that's the big thing is and we saw it last week, you know, with four turnovers, your percentage of winning goes down to basically zero. You know, and so you just have to make sure that you're really smart with the ball and the back of quarterbacks are making good decisions and not running one way and throwing it back across their body and ball security guys. I mean, anyone who touches the ball, the ball security is job security. Searles uh, going to go to the NFL in a, in a name that's familiar, Joe Brady, uh, and what he's been doing with uh, Allen in Buffalo. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't have a, a great run in Carolina. They had a tough situation with the offensive line. They had some skilled guys, but not really a quarterback that you could lead on. And I'm just talking about likelihood or possibility of a guy who's an NFL quarterbacks coach maybe making a look or a change back to college, i.e. potentially reuniting with Rule if uh, he gets back to college. Do you see that or hear that move happening that often? Not often. You know, kind of once you're in the NFL and you find a place that you can stick, you know, unless you're going to be a head coach in college or you're going to be like a step up. I mean, I don't necessarily know if you do a lateral move of – hey, I'm kind of a quarterback's guy here, and I'm going to be a quarterback's guy in college, especially when you're working with a guy like Josh Allen. I mean, when you're working with a Josh Allen and a Diggs and that kind of offense, you can just continue to build your resume, much like Brian Dayball did as an offensive coordinator and works his way to a head coaching job, right? Like, that's kind of where you're at in the NFL. You don't really come back to college unless you have to, in my opinion. You know, I don't think Matt Rule necessarily was like, yeah, I want to go fail in the NFL so I can maybe come back to college or Mm – I mean, Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban did the same thing. And and you don't want to come back because I feel like once you go to the NFL and come back, you never really get a chance to get back into the NFL. There's truth, though, about the personality match. Uh, Some guys are college guys versus NFL guys. Is Mm -hmm. that fair? Oh, yeah, that's super fair. I mean, when you get up and I mean, look at uh, Urban Meyer, right? Urban Meyer tried to go into Jacksonville and run it like a college program. And the 31-year-old vets were like, hey, yeah, listen here, old man, this ain't how this works. And you can't be kicking players and doing all kinds of dumb stuff, right? I mean, there is a thing of how you run a program. And you're seeing some young coaches have really good success with it, i.e. Zach Taylor mm-hmm. and Sean McVay. You know, so there's this shift in mantra of kind of the younger head coach in the NFL. But yeah, it takes a different breed to be a college coach, especially with the world of NIL and the world of recruiting and all that. It just takes a different breed of human. Minnesota Vikings uh, pulled the trigger. They get Hawkinson, another Iowa tight end. 
and it was an interdivision trade. Uh, Hawk gets uh, released like he's Andy Dufresne from Detroit, and uh, now he's in Minnesota. The Vikings have a lot of skill. They have a great run game. Uh, quarterback situation is what it is. Good defense. You're you're six and one with your Vikings, Searles, but they were last in production at tight end. What can Hawkinson do moving forward for that offense? Yeah, that offense, I mean, you can tell that Quasi Adolfo-Mensah, their GM, is putting all the chips in the table and saying, we're here to win. We're here to win now. You know, I think there was the, the word competitive rebuild got thrown around a lot at the beginning of the season, which is basically <laughs> just hedging your bets. Like, well, maybe we'll be good. Maybe we won't. You know, but it's it's kind of now it's like we're 6-1. rebuild. <laughs> yeah, competitive rebuild, whatever the hell that means. But, you know, now it's like, okay, we're all – we're 6-1. and one. Let's sell the farm and see what we can get, you know. And TJ Hawkinson brings another weapon. You say Jefferson, Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that offense is going to be a top-10 offense in the NFL. Are the Vikings your favorite in the NFC? I think we can kind of see a, a clear split in the top of the AFC with the Bills and the Chiefs with everybody else below them. The NFC is a little bit more of a mess. I can't really figure out who the best team in the NFC is. Aside You're from maybe the Eagles. Philly? You're not Aside going from- Philly? I would say, dude, the Eagles are far and away the best team in the NFC. I mean, it's the Eagles and then everybody else. See, you know, Dallas, if Dak can get hot, he might look okay. You know, the Giants, I think, are frauds. I just, I do. I, I don't think they're, they have what it takes. You know, and the Vikings, too, at times on defense haven't shown me that they've got a chance to be real contenders. You know, they're like... 18th or they're like 11 the points allowed but like 21st in points expected eventually that comes back up to get you you know and so that'll be something to watch down the stretch but I think the Vikings offense will always give them a chance to win as long as Kirk doesn't just blunder it away see my, my take I, I think I guess what I was going for was I'd be pretty surprised if it's anyone but the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC championship game if the Eagles didn't make the NFC championship game I don't think I'd be surprised no, I'll agree with you that. You know, I think the only team in the AFC that can give them a chance is whenever since he's hot, they're hot. But when they're bad, my gosh, they are bad. You know, and then the Ravens, too, are kind of the other team that bounces around in there. But, you know, you kind of watch and you're trying to figure out the AFC's a juggernaut team. And then, you know, the worst part about it is we haven't mentioned the words Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or any of those guys once. You know, it pains me that I hate watching them play football. Like, I hate watching those two guys play football right now, and that's just a crazy shift that's happening in the NFL, but it's happening right before our eyes. Jeremiah Searles, follow him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, good talking ball with you. Thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Go Big Red. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail City Radio. Time to say hi to Danny Burke. VEASAN Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, talk us in or out of that 16-point number with Nebraska and Minnesota. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, fellas. I, look, I get why the steam is going toward Minnesota, and yeah, they're coming off a of bye week, and Nebraska, once again, offensively failing to look anything worth competent. Once Casey Thompson was out of that game, you kind of saw the issues with, uh, with Purdy on, uh, on the offensive side, and it just looked like he had not taken any real snaps of competitive football at any point. I don't want to diss the kid, but I mean, from a betting standpoint, there's not anything I would want to do to back him in any situation. But look, here's the thing. And Nebraska's had the chance to prepare for Minnesota. Minnesota was a team that could have been a dark horse coming into the Big Ten West this year. But they have really um, kind of failed to exceed anything, especially on the offensive side of the ball where you thought they would take another step forward. 
with Tanner Morgan having so much experience under Helm, with Ibrahim coming back into the mix. Uh, look, they, they're going to establish that ground game, and that'll push them to a victory, I'm sure. But I, I definitely would not want to be laying that much with Minnesota in this situation. A, again, I'm not expecting a huge performance out in Nebraska, but that's a lot to lay on the road here with the Gophers. So if I had to take anything, um, I probably would take the points with Nebraska, as gross as any side in this game may seem. Danny, you know, Minnesota does real well against the unranked with third down conversions. Ibrahim's a special back. Morgan's a 38-year senior. Fleck has Nebraska's number. Uh, It is uncertain at quarterback to say the least, and Nebraska's going to have to to do more than 12 carries to Grant. I mean, there's, there's a formula here. You just haven't seen Nebraska really execute that formula to stay in this ballgame. No, you're right. I mean, at the beginning of the season, at least, they could move the ball and have that consistent power offensively, and that was because, as you alluded to, Schmitty, Anthony Grant getting a brunt of the workload in the backfield, but then they've kind of abandoned that, and as great as it's been to watch Casey Thompson throw, there have been these lulls, and aside from the lulls, uh, the offensive line is just going to get this guy killed. I mean, the offensive line has been one of the worst that you've seen in quite some time. Again, you don't want to insult these kids, but it's fairly obvious how painful it is to watch this offensive line just look like Swiss cheese on every other play <laughs> and not protecting anybody. So maybe that's why they're avoiding running the ball with Anthony Grant more so. But honestly, Schmidt, you're right. you got to control time of possession. you got to establish the dominance in the trenches, and you can do that with a dynamic, elusive back such as Grant, who has shown that he can be one of the best in the Big Ten. And then they strayed away from that, and now it's just so reliant on playing from behind because you know your defense is really struggling to kind of limit your opponents. So why not try to get that going right out of the gates? And you know what? If they do, Schmitty, that would give me more reason and inclination to take such a high spread with the Huskers, assuming that they can at least wind the clock and control the possession a little bit more so than they typically have been. Danny Burke is with us here. Burke's best bets on Hale Varsity Radio. And Danny, before we get to some NFL thoughts, let's go college football, Georgia and Tennessee. This one's going down in Athens between the hedges and Georgia is an eight point favorite. Is there anything you like there? It seems like uh, it seems like the obvious play here, and I'm sure it'll be a public dog with Tennessee, but that would be the only way I would go. And it's mainly because as great as Georgia's defense is, I still think Tennessee can find a way to navigate through it. I mean, Hooker's been a revelation for this Volunteers team. The way he throws just looks so seamless. It's a thing of beauty, and, and the spiral just looks so tight. It, you know, it looks great on that college ball. And, look, I, I mean, at some point, you know, we were talking to some Tennessee guys on our show last week. It seems like the sentiment is, all right, when is our luck going to run out? Like, it's been too good to be true for Tennessee. And, look, it probably runs out in terms of getting the actual win in this game because at the end of it, I mean, their defense probably will do enough. But I just don't care for Georgia's offense that much. I mean, it's fine, and they can get away with being just above average because you're going against weaker competition and because your defense is that good. But I just really have my power rankings with Tennessee's offense far and beyond Georgia, so that's why I think they could at least keep it within the number. So I would take the pre-flop spot with Tennessee, or if you don't think they're going to have as much success out of the gates and that Georgia defense will power through, have a tad bit of patience 
wait to see if you could get a double-digit spread, a better outlook with Tennessee, and then jump in. That'll ultimately be my philosophy, wait to get a better in-game number and see how the momentum and the, and the fluidity of this Tennessee offense looks. But uh, if not, I would take the point still since you're getting over a touchdown. Danny, can you talk me out of the under 66 and a half? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I guess if you think that Tennessee's defense is going to be non-existent, then this game will go over that total. And again, what I was talking to, Tennessee going against Georgia's defense, I think it's going to be a bend do break, and at some point Tennessee will get through. I just don't know how often it's going to be. But the bigger question to me would be, what are you expecting out of Tennessee's defense? So uh, you have to ask yourself that, Elijah, but I certainly don't want anything to do with the total in that game. Danny, Thursday night football, NFL, 14 points, fly, Eagles, fly, or no? (laughs) Man, uh, this is going to be one of the grosser Thursday night football games to look forward to. And I feel like we've said that almost every Thursday. But, I mean, as a 14-point favorite, I don't want to lay that on a short week with Philadelphia. It's clear that they are far and away the better team, but you know how powerful the backdoor can be. The NFL is a sport filled with so much parity, and these guys are still professionals at the end of the day. And again, a short week at home, I'm not going to be shocked if Houston can close that thing out with kind of a fluky touchdown or a field goal to get it there. So, yeah, no chance in hell I'm going to lay that much with Philly. Conversely, you don't want to take it with Houston because they're one of the worst teams and the worst defense in the National Football League. The obvious thing to do is look for rushing props with Miles Sanders because Houston has been a cash cow fading them with the opposing team's tailback. Um, I actually like, speaking of tailbacks, I took a little piece of Damian Pierce over 61 and a half rushing yards, only about like a half unit because I knew the number was moving up. By the time I was going to release it on my show, it was going to be a little bit too high. If you still get 63 and a half, I would entertain it. I think he could end with like 70 rushing yards or so because Philly's weakness defensively actually has been the run game. They're allowing over five yards per carry. They're 22nd in DVOA run defense. And if you're Houston, the smart thing to do would be to hand it off to your most consistent offensive weapon in Damian Pierce. Try to keep the ball out of Jalen Hurd's. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown's hand as long as possible so you can at least keep this game within reach. So I imagine they'll try to get him going in the first half. And kind of like what you saw with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones in the second half against the Bills, they started running it a lot more and it was working instead of just trying to play keep up. I think that could be instilled with this offense with Houston. So even though it might be garbage time rushing yards, I think Pierce for a prop would be an okay look. And and I guess a really small lean to the under. But, fellas, I'll be honest, this game is the least appetizing one I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> Danny Burke with us here. And Danny, last thought, about 30 seconds left. Sunday night football, Titans and Chiefs, another big line. 12 and a half points for the Chiefs. What, Andy Reid's like 20 and 3 off a of buy in his career? It's, uh, it's a steep lay with Kansas City, but I would much rather lay that under 13 than I would want to take it with Tennessee, who's such a one-dimensional team, whether it's Willis. Whether it's Tannehill, it doesn't really matter because all you got is Derrick Henry. And even though the Chiefs' run defense has kind of regressed, you know what to plan for. And Andy Reid knows what to plan for offensively. So, to me, it's all Chiefs or nothing in that spot. Danny Burke, Vizan Sports Network. Danny, find him at Twitter at DannyBurke5. Catch him weekends with Vizan. Danny, thanks for the time. You bet, fellas. Take care. 
Gotta love Burke's best bets. We'll wind down a Thursday. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented Miss by us? Currency. Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. You know, rumors out there about Deion Sanders taking a flight to the airport closest to Auburn, and Dion clamped back. It's pretty good. Well, is he on vacation in Ireland right now? No, he is not. <laughs> that is, dude, that's from a reputable person we know and trust. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the story from Rule today. He is in Ireland, and uh, he told a person we know, that it ain't him. I just got to start doing it, that. It, 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 it ain't him today. I just got to start doing that whenever people ask me questions I don't want to answer. Sorry, man. I'm in Ireland right now. Can't, 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 do, can't it. do it. I'll, I'll get back for, to get back. Looking for my tee shot. <laughs> looking for an empty or make that a full pint because uh, I'm at the Mary Cobbler having one. Get buckled up. Do so. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you don't drink, don't drive. If you do drink, uh, find a safe ride home. Or get a ride share. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Going to want to get this full podcast. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. It'll be broke down into segments. Or the whole show for you. Uh, can do so. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Check out Brandon Vogel. Jeremiah Searles. Gary Barnett. Our thoughts on uh, the, the, the Mickey slash announcement smoke from earlier. And uh, Danny Burke has your best bets as well. And uh, the video is on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. I-80 Preview with Brandon Vogel. Get his podcast. Check that out. We are on the road tomorrow. We are at the Single Barrel where they have incredible steaks. I had a big old New York strip last Saturday night. I paid for it. It wasn't one. And I, I had a beer. You all right? You need, uh, you need some caffeine? Or are you just, you just ready for a little vacay in that uh, wedding reception? It's been a long day today, Schmitty. I think you and I can both attest. It's been a long day it, of It's been like, a long, good day of a lo- tail chasing. I was going to say a long day of what the hell is going on. So uh, I was also going to say Mitchell chimed in with me earlier today, said he is going to be coming and visiting you. So if you want to see Mitchell and Schmitty, uh, I will not be in attendance uh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. Right. So uh, Mitchell said he's going to come ch- uh, check out the show tomorrow, Schmitty. I think cool. you owe him a beer. I will not be there. I'm, uh, Schmitty said, going to be at a wedding tomorrow, but uh, I, I wish you all the best at the single barrel. Yep. Uh, will Wilson going to be uh, riding tomorrow. Uh, we will spend time with Bill Dolman tomorrow. Clausburn, the Friday forecast. He's imaginary. He wears red. And then uh, former Gopher coach, former Kansas coach, former BTN analyst, Glenn Mason going to be with us. as uh, We'll get Glenn's take on uh, the Nebraska job, the landscape of the Big Ten, and, uh, yeah, 250 whiskeys to choose from at the Single Barrel and a great selection of steaks for you. It is steak weather tomorrow. Speaking of a steak, are we going to go steak and a beer for tonight? Yeah, you've got Philly and who? Philly and Houston. Philly's a 14-point favorite. Dude, Philly, that isn't, that isn't enough. <laughs> I'll take Houston plus 14. Done. Okay, well, we'll, we'll shake on it through the glass here. I'll take four, I'll take uh, Houston plus 14. I really like Damian Pierce. He's my fantasy RB1. I think they're going to ride him tonight. I think that defense is going to step up to the challenge. Eagles win, but only by 10. You think? That's, that's my take. Texans aren't good. 
I think it's a 21 to 10 game. I think their their defense is a little bit better than people expect. All right. We'll see. Uh, Alex, who shadowed me today and you today, shakes his head. He's in. He's all in on Philly. Got another. I'm surrounded by Southeast offensive tackles. Hey, history belongs to the bold, Schmitty. Mm, that, it's that's bold right. to go Houston that's plus right. 14. Or just stay in Ireland. Tomorrow, come see us. Single barrel, four to six, inside the graduate with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.